Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, Lord, for what you're about to do. I love that quietness. Because that means the Holy Spirit speaking to somebody right now. It's, it's good to be loud. It's good to talk. It's good to speak. It's good to declare your love. But it's also good to have balance in your life to where you can be still and know that he is God. And then hear a word from God. A word from heaven. That says, this is just for you. Sometimes, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, no, I don't want anybody looking around right now. I just feel like God wants to speak to somebody's heart. And sometimes we tune into church, we go to church, and we think that the word will be for everybody. Or lots, or in a general perspective of all. And God is saying, no, this, I want to speak to you. Because if it's not personal, it, it, it's very difficult to become powerful. But if you allow it to be personal into your heart and into your life, into your situation, circumstances, whatever you're dealing with or, or going through, good or bad, if God can't speak to you, then God isn't the God that you think. He, he's a distant God seated on a throne that one day you'll meet. But God is a God of relational proximity that he says, I want to draw close to you. And I want you to know me and me to know you. And I want to speak to you today. I want to read just, just a scripture while you're standing. And then we're going to get ready to receive what God has for us. I think I just want to, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, just 15 to 18. Not boasting of things beyond. Everybody say beyond. beyond. Measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope. That as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in your sphere. In our sphere, sorry. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond. Everybody say beyond. Beyond, beyond you, he says. To regions beyond you. Because God wants to get the gospel not just to you, but through you. I, I, I want to I reach the world if you'll help me. But can I get beyond you and your preferences? And can I get beyond you and your stiff neck? Can I get beyond you and, and your way? He says, I'd like to get there. And not boast in other men's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. And I believe God wants to commend somebody today. And tell you how proud he is of you, how good you're doing, how incredible you are, and speak some life into somebody. I believe there's somebody in a prison cell right now that you feel you have no value. But I seem to remember a scripture that says you are bought with a price. Your value has already been established. Therefore, your value cannot go up and down. And God is here to speak. I commend you and I affirm you. And Lord, we thank you that the gospel is going to go beyond us today. Amen. Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. Turn your attention to the screens. We've got a quick setup for the sermon today.
beyond, outside the scope of ordinary experience, called to go beyond the norm, drawn by God to surpass the sphere of our influence, surpassing all that used to be, sailing into a new era of what could be, beyond our old ways of thinking, feeling, and living, following Jesus into a new dimension of the miraculous, daring to walk into the fulfillment of his promise, that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we could think, ask, or imagine. Are you willing to see where he can go with your beyond? Are you ready to go outside the scope of your ordinary experience? Join us as we walk into 2021 and go beyond. All right. Yeah. I get excited when I listen to that. Number one, because I know the scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and what God wants to do. But also, I love the movie Tron. And I just like, that movie is incredible. And it makes me want to go watch the movie again. All right, here we go. Let's open up your Bibles. Uh, turn to two passages of Scripture. I wish every preacher would tell their congregation, turn to two. I wish a lot would ask them to turn to at least one. And first, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The whole chapter is really good. I focused on the end of it just a minute ago. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And then also go to Acts chapter 10. So Acts chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And, and we're going to focus on that phrase that God spoke uh, in his word and said, I, uh, Paul was the writer, of course God's the author, and he spoke through the writer and said, I wish that the gospel would go beyond you. And we talked about doing stuff that's beyond the scope of ordinary experience. So I'm going to start this sermon off, not just with a cool little intro video, but I'm going to start this sermon off by doing and practicing what we preach. Because you know what? A lot of people like to talk about how they want to go and do for God. But I want to I want to do that right now. Can we do that right now? Yeah. All right. So we raised some money at the end of the year and we raised it to give to all of our missions around the world, which you're going to be seeing more about. We raised it to help families in Flagstaff and we have helped over 50 families in Flagstaff keep their jobs, keep their homes, keep their kids in school, keep food on the table, lights at home, heat at home. We have helped over just I'm talking about this month. I'm not talking about over the year. I'm talking about this month, we've helped over 50 families. And one of the organizations that we have partnered with is the Boys and Girls Club. And we built the Dream Court over there with the NBA. And so now they have their Dream Court and it's awesome. And uh, we had the ribbon cutting and some of y'all were there. It was really great. But we want to continue to support them because I don't need to reinvent the wheel of what somebody else is doing a great job at. And so the Boys and Girls Club is run by an incredible man. And his name is Mark Cox. And he's here today. Mark, will you come up here? Come join me. Come on, keep it clapping. Show some love. That's okay to clap. Uh, stand on this side of me. It's, it makes me feel better. All right, here we go. Uh, but I want to give well, one thing that we, Mark and I are or friends, and we love each other and support each other. Uh, but one of the things is, you know, you don't, in ministry, a lot of people will do a one and done kind of thing. And that's not how we operate. We want to continue to support what God has spoken us to. So today, I want to present, uh, yeah, you want, or you, oh, is that a microphone for, for Mark? Yeah, thank you very much. All right, I'm going to give you this, and then I'll give you this, okay? We'll sit, or you want to hold it? Yeah, hold that. Ready? He's a rugby, he's a rugby player. He's got skills. He's good. Ready? We want to present 
Boys and Girls Club, and Mark Cox with another check of $7,500 to bless the Boys and Girls Club. Ready? Pose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you. We just wanted to celebrate and give this to Mark. Mark, do you have anything you want to share to the church? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, this is weird being up here. I'm so short. I'm not used to being this tall uh, on a stage. Um, it's just interesting. I didn't know what I was going to say when I came up here, but, um, you know, God speaking through me, just saying that, you know, he puts us in these positions in our lives, um, not unintentionally, and it's not random. You know, I when I knew that Omar was here, right? Ten years ago, we were a bunch of heathens, little troublemakers, little knuckleheads. And to find ourselves here in this place, making a difference in our community, impacting our community is huge. And it speaks volumes um, through, you know, the spirit. And, and I'm just so fortunate to be up here to bless others with our blessings. And we'll just continue to keep doing what we keep doing. Yeah. yeah. Keep doing it, man. We're awesome. Very cool. Love you, man. You can set that mic right there. Leave the check because i got to give it to you. Two more services. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Just being, just being real, guys. <laughs> we only got one check. <laughs> uh, but we want, I want you to look at Scripture with me. And I, want you, I just want to teach for a few minutes. But I want to teach about beyond. And can I talk through it with you or what the Holy Spirit's kind of telling me? Um, this whole series, God spoke to me, is not just a series, it's a word for the year. And beyond comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Exceedingly beyond, right? Beyond. And he said, I want, I'm going to go outside the scope of your ordinary experience. And so that's what 2021 is going to look like. Outside of the scope of ordinary experience. I don't know about you, but there's some ordinary from 2020 that I don't want. And I'm good that we're going to go beyond that ordinary that became an ordinary. It became an ordinary at the beginning of the year, and it felt like it would never go away. Can I get an amen? And it was like, okay, finally, praise God. We're going to go into a new year. It's going to be good. I'm going to be great. It's all going to be because God said so. So I get to stand on. I don't get to. I'm standing on not my word or my will or my hopes or my dreams. I'm standing on his promise. He said this to us. He said it not only in his scripture, but he said it through his spirit. And he's saying it to you today in your heart and your mind. Because what the world wants to rob you of is hope. The world wants to rob you. The enemy wants to rob you of hope, of joy, of believing and receiving what God could have for you. And God is here to tell you today, I'm going to go beyond for you. I'm going to go do something incredible for you. Does anybody want God to do something better than 2020 for them? I believe 2020 may have been pretty good for some people. But I think that it can be incredible for all of us if we step into a new dimension of believing that God is going to pull us did you hear some of the words in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 he said I'm going to increase as you increase your spirit it's increasing our spirit and he says you know what I want to impact your world and as you impact your world you're going to impact the world and the reason Peter or sorry Paul was having to write this is Paul was writing this the second installment of Corinthians is because he was dealing with critic with critics he was dealing with the criticism. He was dealing with the, the presidential preferences of people. And he said, oh, oh, Paul, he writes a big game. But that dude is boring. <laughs> That's how they spoke. They're like, this guy is boring. 
this guy that went, oh, he acts like he's a great, eloquent, well thought out, intelligent person, educated, and all the good stuff you need. And he, oh, he, he thinks he's good, but Paul's terrible. Paul's, Paul's a hor- Paul's no good. Every time he preaches, this is what they literally said to him. He preaches, I fall asleep. That dude is boring. And they, they hate on him and hate on him and hate on him. We're talking about the greatest apostle ever to set foot on the earth. And they're hating on the apostle Paul. And Paul says, look, I'm not doing this for my own sake. I'm doing this so that the gospel didn't just get stuck at you, but can go through you. Because some people, when the gospel got to you, it stopped at you and it didn't go through you. And he said, look, because you didn't like the way I preached it or you didn't like the way I said it. And they said, oh, Paul's harsh. Paul's difficult. Paul, so, and they, they talk about all these little nitpicky things and they're being the critic in the group and they try to turn the church in Corinth into a, a hate church that doesn't like Paul. But Paul said, I'm just here to preach the truth to you and I want the gospel to not just get to you, but go through you beyond you. And our job isn't to just reach your friends, but you do have to start first with your friends. You do have to start first with saying, okay, I want to get serious about my authority. And God is saying, look, Paul, I've given you an authority. He said, I'm not boasting in my own authority. I'm boasting in God's authority. That's what this chapter is about. I can stand up here and preach with all power, authority, and confidence, whether people like me. Did you know I'm going to break some people's whole world here. Some people don't like you. Oh. Some people don't like me. Some people don't like our church. Some people don't like the way Christians live. Some people don't like the way the body. Some people just don't like it. But guess what? I'm not operating according to what their preference is. I'm operating according to what my purpose is. And my purpose glorifies God. And I can preach in front of haters and critics. And I can preach in front of wonderful good people. And I can preach in front of all kinds of times. I can preach at a prison. I can preach at a school. I can preach anywhere God has called me to. Because I'm not the one who said, oh, you know what's a good idea i'm gonna take this skinny little crazy white boy that has never been to prison before and i'm gonna put his vulnerable little butt in prison in front of a bunch of hardened convicts because he's gonna feel real comfortable no i am nervous every time you think these guys come up you they're tuning in online they come up man they pull that shirt off and they are like huge and got tats all over and they got those teardrops in their eyes I know what those mean. And I'm like seeing every teardrop and I'm like, oh Lord, I'm in water up to here. All he needs to do is go, no more little man. (laughs) And Landon is gone. But I get up there and I'm able to preach to people who've never heard the gospel, not because we agree, but because God put me in a place of authority and I need somebody to hear me preaching today because I'm not the only one. God called you to step into your authority and to say, you know what? You don't need to be timid because I've not given you the spirit of timidity or fear, but I've given you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that even in the midst of critics, you can still be Christ-like. And God is saying, look, Paul, it's all good. I want you to write a letter and tell him, look, you got to get things in check. Now, we don't have time to go into the whole message here but go with me acts chapter one he starts with how to do this i'm going to show you what the holy spirit showed me acts chapter one jesus spoke to the disciples and he says this he said something interesting he says hey you know what stay in jerusalem because i'm going to pour out the holy spirit why 
so I can give you power. For what? So that you can be a witness for me into, who knows scripture? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what is he speaking there? I want you to write this down. Number one, priorities. Uh, Who do I start with? If the gospel is supposed to not just go to me, but through me, who do I go witness to? The closest person to you. Slap your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) If if your friend doesn't believe in Jesus, you're the only one who can reach them. I'm tired of preachers saying, if God doesn't use you, he'll use somebody else. No, you were created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose. And that purpose is not to fulfill your desires and to speak your truth, but to speak his truth and to go to each and every person you can and say, you know what? I'm here to witness to you. I'm here to start right here. Now, if you've impacted your friends and you're one of those super saved people and all you have is Christian people around you, it's time to go make a new friend. And then you go from Jerusalem to Judea and you start making some people who don't look, maybe you don't look like them. Are all your friends the same? Do you only have one type of friend because you can only communicate to one type of person or are you supposed to become all things to all men? Because God's saying, look, I want to bring you into a new sphere of influence, but you're stuck in your old ways. Let me break you out of who you used to be and go beyond you into a greater dimension to become the version I created you to be. But I got to get this through you. And so he's saying, look, you got to step out and go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. Now he's talking about Gentile territory. Now he's talking about people who aren't of covenant. Now he's talking about more than people who, who don't just agree like you or sound like you or look like you. He's talking about people who are completely opposite of you. And, and, and let me just tell you right now, some of us right here in this church, we all worship differently and we all express differently. But guess what? That's what church should look like. It shouldn't look like one single expression. It should look like a diverse tapestry, like the prophet said and like Revelation said. The Bible says we'll be all gathered around the throne room and we will sing a new song together. We'll sing a new song together. We'll sing a new song together. And let me tell you, it'd be so sad that the only time that you worship with somebody completely different than you and and get along with somebody completely different than you is when you get to heaven. That'll be the saddest story. But if I can worship with somebody who doesn't look like me, think like me, believe like me, amen like me, praise God like me, clap like me, if I can worship with you and I can love you for your expression of worship, then I'm living outside beyond my scope of the gospel. Because the gospel always gets pegged into a religious corner when people say it has to be like this you have to uh, back in the day that's why i preach against these people who say i just wish that it would go back you know give me some of that old time y'all know that song religion give me some of that old time y'all don't even know i'm like the only one i'm I'm dating myself up here Uh, but i I, you have this old they want to go to that old time you know when some of those songs were written during slavery You know, when some of those songs were written, it was when white church and black church were happening. I don't want to go back. I want to go beyond. And God is not calling me to rewind and try to relive and become what we used to be. God's calling us to not be pegged in a corner of, this is how I like church. He's saying, I'm calling you out into a greater dimension. 
we'll get there more in a second. Then in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8 is point number two because Philip gets called by God to go run up to a chariot and run with a chariot. And as he's running with the chariot, he's going to witness to someone who's not a covenant person, not in covenant, a Gentile, and not only a Gentile, an Ethiopian. And so he's going to witness to somebody of another religion, another race, and he's going to minister the gospel. And that person would then go back to the queen and minister to the queen. And you know what would happen when he ministered to the queen? All of Ethiopia became a Christian nation. That was the first and largest transformational point in Christian history. And I've talked about this many times. My friend has been over to Ethiopia. And in Ethiopia, they have had church, church services since that day that Philip witnesses. Uh, 2,000 plus years later to today, they have been having church services in some of the same buildings for that long. Can America say that? Let me just tell you, we've got to be in this point number two, pursuing. If we've got to, if first, we've got to find our priorities. Then second, we've got to find our pursuing power. And you've got to say, okay, God, I'll run next to a chariot. I'll chase after it. I'll talk to somebody who's not willing. I'll talk to somebody who doesn't even know. I'll talk to somebody who's not like me. I'll do whatever it takes. Somebody needs to get a whatever it takes mentality in your life. Not when it comes to when it comes to God's purpose in your life. When it comes to God's purpose and saying, you know what? I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go wherever I need to go. I'll witness to anybody I need to witness to. There were times I would go to uh, like places, just like average, you know, like Burger King, you know. Go to Burger King. Some of y'all are like shaming me that I went to Burger King. Calm down with your looks out here. You people online love me more, but I don't know about Some of these people are looking at me like, I thought you were better than that. But I had, I, I would go to Burger King. And when I went to Burger King one time, uh, God said, I want, you to, I want you to tell that girl that God loves her. And I was like, that's stupid. Number one, I'm, I'm 19, I, I'm going to look like I'm, I'm hitting on her and just trying to like, you know, some way get a conversation going, like a weird Christian pickup line, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, uh, no. And so I just, I argued with God. I'm sitting here in a corner <laughs> over Burger King by myself. I'm like, no, mm-hmm, nope, nope, nope. I looked insane. And so I'm sitting over there saying no to myself and I said, fine. All right. I went up to order and I was like, hey, <clears throat> So, and she was like, well, how, well, can I take your order? What would you like? I'm like, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to say this, but God loves you. And she goes, okay, that's weird. Would you like a burger? And I'm like, see, God, I told you. I was like, this is stupid. And I was so mad. I was furious. Because let, can I just share with you that not all witnessing is going to go the way you expect it to go? Okay, because all of us expect to, what we expect is we were going to hear Pastor Lane talk about, oh, God loves you. And she just started weeping. And she started crying. And she said, thank you for saying that. No, 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 no. I went and ate my food. And then after I ate my food, she came up to me after she kind of broke away from everybody else. And she said, hey, I know that felt a little weird, but I really needed that today. And then just walked away. 
I don't know the seed that I sowed and what I don't think Philip knew the seed that he was sowing in the chariot that he ran by in book of Acts chapter 8. Sometimes you're going to sow a seed and you have no idea how it's going to turn out till you get to heaven. But sometimes you just need to sow a seed because seed sowing is what you are called and created to do if you have the purpose and the pursuit in your life to say the gospel's not going to get stuck at me. I'll witness to somebody I'm just driving by, roll my window down. You know Jesus, man? You know Jesus loves you. And instead of flipping them off, I might just point at him and say, Jesus loves you every once in a while. In fact, next time you're angry on the road, instead of getting mad and cutting them off, why don't you just roll your window around and say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Try something different. But begin, begin to let the gospel go beyond you. Point number three. Acts chapter 10. I wish we could spend the whole time in just this part. It's the story of after Peter heals Dorcas. That's, a, that's the name of a girl. And just so you know, yes, we're pregnant. And if we have a girl, I'm not naming her Dorcas. So I'm doing that for you because with that beautiful name you can use for calling your daughter. I, just, I was thinking of y'all. So that name is still out there on the table for you. But Peter heals her. In fact, not just heals her, he raises her life. After he raises her life, Cornelius, a Gentile centurion, Italian, he gets a word from God. You know what's interesting, how he got a word from God? He was praying and fasting, but he wasn't praying and fasting to our God. Did you know that? He was praying and fasting to a false idol, and God spoke to him. Did you know Abraham? Abraham, uh, for the beginning before God revealed his glory to him, Abraham referred to God as the moon God. He didn't know who he was. Let me speak to your hearts real quick. What I'm seeing in scripture is this next point, this point of preference. And because a lot of us think, oh, they worship vortexes. They worship Mother Earth. Or I, I, they, I, oh, they seek out all kinds of spirits and religions and all God. Good. Because my Bible says if they seek, they'll find. That's okay. I know that me and my crazy young self acting a fool when I was an idiot, God still helped me, guided me, talked to me, got me through what I needed to, and God saved me. And if he could save me, he could save anybody. And God says, look, don't worry about them calling out another name. There's only one name that will answer. There's only one voice that will respond. You can go ahead and give God some praise if you believe in the name of Jesus and who God is in your life because I don't need to worry that's why we don't throw stones at other religions because I'm not here to abuse my brother. Oh, let me preach for just a quick second. Did you know when David, David, you know, well, David, right? David, heart playing David. David went and collected the five stones and he got his sling. But when he got that, did you know his brothers insulted him and argued with him? Did you know that the king insulted him and said, you don't look like a warrior, you look pathetic. Wear my armor, at least you'll kind of look like the part. Did you know he got insulted? His father even called him a bastard son. Did you know that? So he went through, but he had five stones. He could have thrown it at his father, could have thrown it at his brother, could have thrown it at the king. Could have thrown out a lot of people, but those stones weren't meant for his brothers and sisters. His stones were meant for spiritual giants that said, no, you stand against the name of the Lord, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, and you're going to have to fall because my stones, my weapons, First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're just talking about the end of the chapter. 
We're talking about how Paul said, hey, you've got to walk in authority and you've got to let the gospel go beyond you. But did you know at the beginning of chapter 10, it says our weapons are not carnal. Come on, who knows the scripture? But they are powerful for the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of arguments. And if you've got a problem right now and an argument in your mind of doubt, your mouth is what will fix it. Because when the mind is battling, it's the mouth that will correct it. It's speaking your faith. It's speaking truth. It's speaking who Jesus is. It's testifying and witnessing because the Bible says it's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony that you overcome people of God. And if you believe that, I want everybody to give God 10 seconds of praise right now if you believe it speak with your mouth because your mind's going to tell you something else come on eight seven six five four online two three two one praise God every chance you get or the rocks will cry out when you mock worshiping God mocks your work Don't, don't sit and don't, don't, don't misdirect. You're, a, you're like a, a loaded weapon. And you're always firing. And you get to decide where. And as a vessel of worship, you get to choose, I'm going to point towards him all the time. And that way, all of your worship can go to God. Because he deserves all glory, honor, and praise. Now, i got to close here, and I wish I could go further. But in Acts chapter 10... Peter gets a vision, and it's a vision of this cloth coming down. It's tied on four corners, which represents the four corners of the world. And then the animals get put in it. It's unclean or common animals. He says, don't call, God tells him, don't call common and unclean what I call extraordinary and holy. He says, hey, don't do that. I made it clean. He's talking about you and I. Because we're Gentiles. We're grafted in. I get to stand on this promise because it was spoken first to the Jew, then the Gentile. And I get to stand, not replace. We don't believe in a replacement theology. We bless Israel. We bless Israel. We bless Israel. We're going to take another trip to Israel in 2022. I hope you go with me. Because in Acts chapter 10, where Peter received the vision from God in Jaffa, it, when you land in Tel Aviv, if you're looking out to the Mediterranean Sea, our hotel that you'll stay in, you look to the left, you can see the rooftop that Peter got the vision in Acts chapter 10. And we'll go get on the rooftop. And you'll see it because the, the vision that he got, it said, hey, Peter, I know that you got a preference just for Jews, but I want to go beyond your preference because a preference held too long will become a prejudice in your life, which is what happened from Saul to becoming Paul. And when you allow your preferences to say, this is just what I like and who I am, God says, no, let me wreck your world for a little bit. Because what, I, what you call common, I'm calling extraordinary. And what that means, I'm going to have to just close on this one point. When you look at other people, you can't see just common people anymore. You have to see extraordinary leadership, spirit-filled, incredible people. And even if they don't like you, you got to see greatness in them. Even though if they don't prefer you, you got to love them anyway. Even if they hate you, you got to hug them anyway. You take that big old cactus and you welcome your big old arms and you just wrap around that cactus. And I've watched cactuses become trees by hugging them long enough. And I got plenty of thorns in my body for it. But it's okay to step outside and stop seeing everybody else the way you prefer to see them. Because he saw them as unclean and common. 
Is that how we look at each other sometimes? I think the problem, one of the problems that we have in Christianity is today is the way we see each other. Oh, they're, they're Republicans. They're Democrat. Obviously, this church is conservative. Uh, and we automatically brand each other. You don't know that. Number one. Oh, oh, they're oh, they're one of those spirit-filled churches. They hoop and holler. They get crazy. They jump and jive and do that. We haven't even done the Jericho March. Man, I grew up when we used to do Y'all don't even know what do y'all know what the Jericho March is? Man, we take a lap around the church, hallelujah. And we would go around, and if one person started it, everybody jumped in on it. And we the whole think about all of us. Our church, yeah, take a lap, take a lap, take a lap. Pastor would just say, take a lap, band would be playing, and it would be like I wish Josh could play better. But it was like, oh, and I was I'm totally teasing. Totally teasing. And you they get going and you do this Jericho, and you could easily say, Oh, they're just one of those. Or you could look at another church and say they're just Baptist, or they're just liturgical, or they're they're this, or they're that, or they're 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 live, or they're boring, or they're no, 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 no. You need to get where God is calling you, number one, and where you resonate with because the sheep will know the voice of the shepherd. And then on top of that, you got to let go of all the preferences and say, God, if you'll feed me, I'll be there. God, if it's you, I'll go. God, if you're saying it, I'll do whatever you want. God, if it's that person, okay, we'll use that. God called me into doing ministry. And I thought I was going to get a bunch of 34 year olds to help me. And God sent me a bunch of 20 year olds. You know, one ministry I never liked. Help me, Max. I, I never liked young adults. I know all the young adults are like, that's it, writing you off. I never did. It was so frustrating. They, they're in their own world, and they got their own ideas now, and they're, and they're, like, they're, they're like, hey, bro, look, I'm finally on my own. I don't need you to tell me what to do. And so, like, all this feeling that I would get, it, part of it's just my insecurity. And then it was just like they, they, they were so busy and all kinds of stuff, and I just was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I was like, they don't even show up faithfully, and they don't even pray. And God said, oh, Landon, you have a prejudice. You have a problem. Is it okay that I'm vulnerable with you and tell you what I was really doing? And God says, let me give you rows and rows of young adults. Your whole worship team will be made of young adults. Your whole staff will be all 20s. And you'll have to choke on your preference. Because at some point, God's going to make you eat. You know, uh, (laughs) some of y'all, your minds went the wrong direction. I was thinking humble pie, okay? And, and, you know, the thing that God will do is he'll just say, you don't need a whole serving, but you'll need a slice or two. And it's amazing how quick God will do it in a service. God did it for me and brought a young man back, and he said, Pastor Landon, I'm all in. Let's go do this. I said, I've never heard that from a 21-year-old. Let's see if he does it. And then I got another and another and another and another and another. And God, I didn't even put any effort into our young adults ministry. And now we fill up this sanctuary. They, they have tons of, we have tons of young adults. I speak to the NFL, or the NFL team. I'm speaking, I'm prophesying over you football <laughs> players right now. I, I, I speak to the, the, our uh, NAU football team. And God said, no, watch these young men show up every Sunday. And God spoke something to me. It started changing. Are you hearing when I'm preaching? Because after we understand priorities and pursuing, we ought to understand sometimes you're going to find out you had a preference and you didn't even know it. And God will help you eat humble pie in a quick amount of time. And pretty, because that's the best. 
God, see, when God says, I'll curse those who curse you or I'll, I'll come, no, he's saying, I'm going to correct them. And sometimes all they need is just a quick little humble pie. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of them. And, and it'll happen quicker than you think. Because they'll get what they need. Because I don't want to lose them. I want to help change them. I want to pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for today. I thank you for this opportunity. That you would go beyond Landon. That you'd go beyond each and every one of us. God, that your gospel would go so far beyond us. God, it would go and reach the world just as you called and created it to. And Lord, I thank you, God, that your word is going to do that. It's not going to stop at me. Oh, somebody begin to pray that right now with your head bowed, your eyes closed, here and online, no matter where you are, begin to say, it's not going to stop at me. I'm not going to allow the gospel to grow dead in my life and go nowhere in my life, only to become frustrated with my life. But I will let the gospel come to me and go through me and go beyond my ability, beyond my influence. Just like the gospel said, it's going to go beyond us and our sphere would enlarge. And as each and every one of our spheres enlarge, so will the greater sphere of the body of Christ. But it must start here first. If it can't happen in church, where can it happen? So with every head bowed and every eye closed... If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I want you to shoot your hand up with all bold and courage and faith. Go ahead, shoot it up. Yeah, thank you for that hand. Thank you for those online. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you for the hands going up and the hearts that are open. Saints, if your hand's not raised, you ought to be praying. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every hand that's raised and heart that's open. And now, with everybody under the sound of my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus... I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, Bridge Church. Stand with me as we dismiss. We're going to stand and dismiss. If you're new, visit our information desk, DM us. If you're also, if you just received Jesus in your life, we want you to visit our information desk. We want to plug you into some next steps for you to get you on your journey of discipleship with Christ. Uh, But we're so excited that you tuned in today, that you're here with us today. And let me just tell you, one of our visions for this year, one of our our missions is to see 5,000 people give their life to Jesus this year in our state through the ministry of Bridge Church. And we're going to see God do it. Our goal last year was 4,000, and that was just in Flagstaff between us and other churches here. And guess what we did? Y'all can't guess? We, we reached over 4,000 people with us and all the churches in Flagstaff. 4,000 people gave their life to Jesus. You give a better clap than that. That's what it's all about. So continue to praise God and pray with us, 5,000. Yeah, it's a crazy goal. But I love it. Let's just dream. If we're going to dream big, right? Let's go all out. And let's dream big. And let's see, let's, see, let's see our city change. And if we could change our city, I think we have a hope of changing our state. If we can change our state, we can change our nation. But let's start here first. Amen. Let's speak our bridge declaration, be dismissed, and I'll see you next Sunday, or actually throughout all the week. We've got services all week, and then uh, uh, we'll see you on next Sunday. Ready? 
I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at rearbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at rearbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected because we're so much better. Together. Together.